0: Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. The renewed mind. Would you say it with me? The renewed mind. We started that last week, and it's a series looking about renewing our minds. And you know, as we start a new year, we sometimes have uh, new year's resolutions talking about how maybe this year we're going to change some things in our lives. This is the year we're going to get fit. This is the year we're going to spend more time with our families. Uh, This is the year we're going to read the Bible. This is the year we're going to complete those projects. And we believe, and and the theory behind New Year's resolutions is that the change that we want to see, we're going to uh, see that that change happen, right? Well, um, New Year's resolutions are good, but I want to encourage this church, if we want to see great change in our lives, the greatest way to do that is to encounter God and allow the Holy Spirit to renew our minds. See, there is something greater than external change. There is what happens Internally, the internal change in our hearts and our minds as God renews the mind that we have. Our series verse is Romans 12, chapter 2, uh, sorry, chapter 12, verse 2. It says this Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, perfect will. Our mind renewed, like our mind renewed to the things of God, will have the biggest impact in our lives. And last week we spoke about that and I gave a a few points. I said we need to get a mentor, check your motives and build momentum. And if you missed that message, you can go onto our YouTube channel and our podcast channel and download that message. It's up there along with many, many other messages that are there and you can listen to that. Hey, who knows that we often don't like change? Like, if, like I know if my kids, if we've got plans and then those plans change, especially Roman, it's like a big deal. I mean, he's young, he's six, but we don't really like change, yeah? Often we sort of push back on against it. Against it, we, we try to uh, uh, navigate our way, to ignore it if we can. But I really want to encourage us this year, let's embrace the change that God wants to do in our lives, right? Let's embrace what God has for us. It's going to require some renewing of the mind, but let's embrace that because we know that the plans God has for us, are good plans. He has a good future for us. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you this year, 2023, you're going to change us. God, it starts with the renewing of our minds. So today, we submit to you, we, we give control to you of our lives, we invite you, into our lives and into our mind to change us, Lord God, so that we can become who you want us to be, so we can be transformed into the image of your Son, Jesus Christ. And we thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. We said? Amen. 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 Hey, if we were to talk about some of the, the biggest issues that we are facing Uh, As a nation, a community, as people uh, heading into this new year, we'd probably say things like, you know, maybe climate is something we're facing, rising energy costs, uh, housing affordability, uh, high inflation, and then another area is the area of mental health. Uh, Mental health is a huge issue of our time. And there was a survey conducted by Headspace, which is an organization that deals with 17 to 25-year-olds in this this space of mental health. And they found that 75% of respondents reported that the COVID-19 pandemic of 2020, 2021, uh, parts of 2022, had caused a small or significant, uh, had contributed a small or significant contribution to their mental health worsening. A report by the ABC into mental health in 2022 found that one in seven Australians is taking antidepressant medication. One in seven Australians. So that might be for for panic attacks, for depression, uh, for anxiety, or any of those types of things. And So if that report is true, one in seven, that, that would suggest... There may be 10 to 15 people in this room today who are on uh, antidepressant medication. And before I go any further today, I just want to uh, be clear on where I stand upon these, uh, stand in regards to some of these things. Uh, I have no more issue with someone taking uh, antidepressant medication as prescribed by a health professional than I do someone taking Panadol that we just buy at Woolworths over the counter. Like, I want, to, I want to be clear about that today. If there's a medical condition that you have that's being diagnosed, I have no issue with that today. So if you are here this morning, and that's you, you're taking some medication, I'm not here to rail against that. I'm not here to make you feel bad. I'm just here to say today we're going to be speaking about mental health. Here's the fact. All of us, formally diagnosed... Or not, all of us are dealing with our mind, are dealing with things to do with our mental health. Every single one of us deal with our mind. Something else I want to say here, a disclaimer. Uh, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a trained health professional. I'm not a medical professional. In fact, people in this church might even tell you, I'm not a professional at anything. So I want to be very clear today, as I'm speaking about these things, I'm not coming from a place of medical training. And I want to say this, if, if you are struggling with issues of mental health, please, I really want to encourage you. See a Christian psychiatrist, see a Christian counselor who can speak to you, who can help you navigate through those areas. They're trained in that area, that's their profession, they can help you with those things today. The author of Romans twelve two talking about renewing of the mind, talking about changing your mind, the transformation, the rewiring of the mind, the reshaping the mind is writing about, all those years ago, something we have recently come to know about and something we now call the neural plasticity of the mind. You know that I don't know that kind of stuff, right, guys? You're like, where did Brunson find this stuff? The, The neural plasticity of the mind, which is the ability of the brain to rewire itself. Uh, the most basic way to understand this is like this. The more we think about something, the more we fixate on something, the more we give our life to something, the more we do something, our brain, this is science guys, our brain creates new connections, new pathways. I'm talking physical Physiologically here, new connections, new pathways in our brain for the chemicals to flow through our brain so that in the future, behaviors, actions, doing, thinkings of those area is easier for us. The brain rewires itself. That's why Paul in Philippians 4.3 says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble... Whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, what does he say? He says, whatever is excellent, praiseworthy, think about these things. 2,000 years ago, Paul is saying that the neuroplasticity of your brain, as you think on these things, guess what's going to happen? You will find it easier to think on whatever is pure, whatever is true, whatever is good, whatever is right, whatever is admirable. If you do it, the more and more you do it, the more and more your brain becomes rewired. Your brain literally is going to create new physical pathways in your brain to enable you to do it better in the future. I was just thinking the other day about the infamous, the very, very infamous toilet shortages of 2020 and 2021. Sorry, toilet paper. (laughs) Toilet? Toilet paper shortages. 2020 and 2021. Does anyone remember what I'm talking about? I mean, I don't know what happened, but it seems that in life when the times are getting bad as a society, we rush to the supermarkets and we buy up all the toilet paper, all the toilet paper. And I remember Gab was making phone calls and text messaging people and we had some good friends who had, I don't know why, but they had spare boxes. And so we got a box off there and it was amazing. It was so great. You know, it's a terif- it was a terrifying time to live, afraid we're going to run out of toilet paper. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Terrifying. Well, it's a funny story, but have a listen to this. Have a listen to this. It's a funny story, right? But listen to this. In our house now, we keep spare toilet paper. We keep at least 24 rolls to 36 rolls of toilet paper. We're a high usage toilet paper family. 24 rolls to 36 rolls of toilet papers. And so we have our, get this, we have our regular toilet paper. And then we have our spare Reserve 24 to 36 rolls of toilet paper. Okay, and so we have, we have those things in there. If we don't, and if we don't have, and I'm not being serious here, semi-joking, but if we don't have that reserve uh, toilet paper, I'm a little bit like, ooh, I'm a little bit on edge. I'm like, oh, God, we've got to sort this out. Why is this? Why is this? Because my brain has been rewired through that period of time where we couldn't get it easily enough and now now don't get me wrong I'm not sitting up at, at night counting the toilet paper uh, rolls counting the sheets please it's not got to that stage uh, yet and it's not going to but but I tell you that story to give you an example of something small like that can so easily you know, I have rewired parts of my mind to think. Imagine how bigger things that we think about. Bigger things that we give control of our lives. Bigger things that we allow uh, to, to, to be in our mind. Imagine how much those bigger things can control our mind, would rewire our mind in a certain way. How many people here love the Bible? We love the Bible. I love the Bible and there's many, many reasons why I love the Bible. I love the Bible firstly and foremostly because in the Bible we can encounter God. In the Bible we meet a God who loves us so much he sends his son Jesus for us. And I love that we can encounter God like that. And today if you're in this place, maybe you don't know God. I want to tell you, you can meet him in the Bible in a place like this. And I want to give you an opportunity at the end of my message to invite Jesus into your life. And a God who loves us and wants to enter into a relationship with us. I love the Bible also because we can read it and we can see the promises and the truth of what God says. Not what other people say and maybe not what our mind wants to tell us, but what God says, His promises and truth. And I also love the Scriptures. Because in the Bible there are stories of men and women who were just like us, are going through the same things that we are going through, have experienced things that we have experienced and it's so encouraging to see them go through it. God be with them, and a God to take them through it. One character in the Bible uh, today that we're going to look at is the prophet Elijah. He was a prophet that God used to speak to, and he would then bring messages to the children of Israel. And there's a story, which we're not going to look in that story, but there's a story of his most, one of his most triumphant moments, which is where he goes on to uh, uh, the Mount Carmel, I think it is, and he has a moment where he challenges the prophets of Baal to a showdown, to a challenge, and uh, they had this challenge, and I'm not going to go into it. You can look at it. It's in 1 Kings. Anyway, he wins the challenge. It's a miraculous miracle. Like, it's crazy. Fire out of heaven burns things up. It's, it's amazing. Uh, he has that miracle. And then, immediately after that, there's been, a, uh, there's been um, drought for three and a half years. Immediately after having that victory, he then prays for rain to come. There's been no rain for three and a half years. Within like moments of him praying, it starts to rain. Like, like it's incredible. Um, uh, He prays this prayer and it starts to rain. And so he has this moment, these defining moments in his ministry, and it's an amazing moment. And then, after that, the corrupt king and queen, evil people that do not love God and have no love for Elijah, say to him, "Listen, the next time we see you, or if you know these prophets of Baal that you killed, you're going to be like them. You yourself are a dead man as well." And so he has this high of highs. And then he goes through this moment where his life is threatened. And the scriptures show that he enters into this period of what might be called depression, this experience. And we're going to pick up the story today in 1 Kings 19 uh, verse 4. Uh, Turn to the scriptures if you have your Bible with me. 1 Kings 19 verse 4. But he himself, this is Elijah, went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down underneath a broom tree. And he asked that he might die, saying, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. And he lay down and slept under the broom tree. Elijah's in a bad way. He's in a, he, he's in a, 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 a state where he's been traumatized. He's had these words said about him. He's lost the spark of his life. He's in a spot where he feels lifeless, where he feels mentally unhealthy, and And the type of words that he uses, that he says here, sound like what might be diagnosed as depression. But I'm obviously not a medical profession, but it might be diagnosed as something like called depression. And you look at that and, you know, today we may not have said those words ourselves that he says there. But maybe in our lives there have been times of lethargy. Maybe in our lives there have been times where we've felt blue. Maybe there's been times in our life where we have felt flat, uh, where we just felt, you know, lifelessness, where there's been a flatness in our life. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Come on, we, we I think we probably know what that means, what that's like, and 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 so there's this thing that he's going through. And so I, I want to take depression and leave that over here today, and leave that to maybe that we need some medication to help us with that. But what I want to speak about today is that I believe that in some of these other times we might feel blue or down or flat, that there is a way for us, through the renewal of our mind, for God to work in us to bring us through that period of time that we're going through. That's what Romans 12 says, that by the renewing of your mind, the transformation, we can take control of our mind to help us through. And so today I want to share just a small, short checklist of things, of questions, we can ask ourselves, when maybe we're going through a moment where we're feeling a bit flatter than we usually are. And this is not my checklist, it's someone else's checklist. So if you like it, you think it's amazing, it's not me, it's someone else that someone gave to me. But our re- remaining time, we wanna look through this checklist. Questions we can ask ourselves. And today I just wanna say this. Hey, if you have got pen or paper? If you've got a phone? I-, I-, I wanna suggest that you write these down. This could help you, you may not need it now. Could help you sometime in the future, might help someone that you know to help them through what they're going through. Number one, question we can ask ourselves is Do I expect pain to come my way? Sounds like a little bit of a strange one, but let me elaborate for you. Do I expect pain to come my way? One of of the greatest deceptions that has, uh, one of the greatest theological deceptions that has come in the church in the last 40, 50 years is what we call the, the gospel prosperity theology. And this is a theology that says that if you do all the right things for God and if you give your life to Him and if you uh, give your money to Him and do all these things for God, then your life is going to be blessed so, so amazingly amount of blessings are going to come upon your life and it says things like you're going to have more money than you know what to do with and it says things like you're going to have the best car and have the uh, the best wife well I do have the best wife but you know it, it says all these types of things the prosperity gospel says that God is going to make your life amazing you will never experience pain or suffering because God is a God who wants to bless you make your life better Well, when I look in the Scriptures and I look at the life of Elijah, Elijah gave his life to God. Elijah gave his life to to serving God. And he's gone and he's done works in God's name. And he's given prophecies in the name of God. And he's done those things. And he was at Mount Carmel to feed the prophets. And he's prayed for rain. And it's come. And yet here we find Elijah in a place where he's not in a good state. What about other people in the Christian faith who look over the centuries and the millennia, people who have died For the name of Jesus Christ. I don't think their life got a whole lot better. They died for Jesus. What about people today that do not live in a blessed nation like we live in Australia? that live in poverty-stricken nations. Where is their prosperity gospel? See, contrary to the gospel of prosperity, in life, church, pain is going to come our way. Now, if you don't believe me, maybe you'll believe a man. His name is called Jesus. He says this in John 16, In the world, you will have tribulation. I mean, that's an even stronger word than the word pain. Tribulation. That talks about extreme suffering. That talks about extreme oppression. Jesus says you're going to face tribulation. You're going to have pain. And so what I want to say today is, as believers in Christ, we should expect some pain is going to come our way. Now, I'm not saying we go all the way into pain. I'm not saying that everything is bad and life is, is going to be terrible and like everything is down. and, and we're, No, no, but what I am saying is, hey, Jesus said there's going to be some pain coming. And guess what? If your brain understands that, when the pain comes, you are more ready for it. If you live your life thinking there's never going to be anything bad that's going to happen to me, when pain comes, it's going to throw you for a loop. But if you've rewired your mind and say, hey, Jesus said tribulation is going to come, but he also said, take heart, I've overcome the world. Take heart, the pain will come, but take heart. Jesus is with me. We can face the pain that we might face. That's number one. Number two, number second question we can ask. Are the right messages getting into my mind? Are the right messages getting into my mind? See, there's all types of messages that are trying to get into our mind. All types of messages. Every day, everywhere we go, there's messages that are coming into our mind. See, there's messages like this. If you don't own this and that, you're not as good as someone who does. Uh, be afraid of that person because that person looks different than you so you should be very afraid of that person says so things like this you're not as important as them because you haven't achieved x y and z these messages that come through social media through the news through advertising through even from our own lips sometimes these messages that come is it any wonder That we are less and less happy with our lives today because of these messages that we allow into our lives. We need to stop and we need to think, hey, are the right messages coming into my life, into my mind? John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. This is Jesus. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. If there is a message that I want to allow into my mind, it is the messages of the Word of God. It is the messages of Jesus Christ, God, and the Holy Spirit to come into my mind. It says, Peace, I leave you. There is peace. That God has left us. The messages, those messages of peace, there is messages of God's truth, there is messages of God's joy, there is messages of God's strength, there is messages of God's victory. Those are the messages that we allow to come in. And as I let the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, guess what starts to happen in my mind? A transformation a change that occurs in my life are the right messages getting into my mind. Number three, if the kids could come. Number three, do I have a purpose I'm working towards? Do I have a purpose I'm working towards? Is there a general direction that I'm heading in my life? Is, is there like a general plan that I might have or a general goal that I have or a general purpose that I'm trying to head towards? Now, I'm not saying that we need to uh, go, go so far as like my whole life is planned till I'm 85. I've got every week planned. I've got my meals planned and my activities. I'm not saying those types of things. But what I'm saying, is there a plan for my life? Next three months, next six months maybe a year maybe three years five years see when you don't have a purpose in your life maybe I'm not saying definitely but maybe there can be some unhealthiness in our mind has anyone here ever faced a period of time where you've had no work you've been out of work Uh, I've known I've known people like that you know when you don't have the regular purpose of work you feel out of you feel out of whack you feel like something's wrong even mentally you feel like there's something there's something not right here uh, parents who have become empty nesters any any empty nesters here today i think there's a few here this morning you know if the if when your children leave sometimes it can feel like well that that you know that the looking after the family that purpose is, is gone something feels strange Proverbs 29, 2918 where there is no vision the people perish See, when we don't have a purpose in life, some vision, our life will perish. And so what I will do sometimes, often when I'm feeling a little bit flat, when I'm feeling a little bit blue, I'll say, God, do I have a purpose in my life at the moment? Do I have something that I'm working towards at the moment? Do I have something that I'm trying to achieve at this moment? And these, are, these are very practical today. You know, it could be spiritual But it could be something very practical. This year, I shared it last week, but Gabby and I have decided to make it our goal that this year we're going to go to Italy for five weeks. And so that's our goal for 2023. And so now it's like that's what we're we're looking for. And it gives us a bit of hope because life can sometimes be, you know, monotonous. Life can sometimes be routine because it's a goal to work towards. You know what I'm talking about? Do I have a purpose I'm walking working towards in my life? Fourthly, do I have a vibrant relational do I have vibrant relational networks? A vibrant relational networks. One of the biggest issues we face today is the lack of relational connections. Look at what Elijah says in the midst of his despair. 1 Kings 19:10 he says, "I have been very jealous for the Lord." I've been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant. They've turned away from you, God. They've thrown down your altars and they've killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only am left and they seek my life to take it away. I don't know if Elijah is exaggerating here. I don't know if he's telling the truth when he says that I am the only person left in Israel who loves God. Who's serving you? Who's who's zealous for you? Who, who serves you of more my whole being, my whole being. I don't know if he's telling the truth or not, but either way, he's relationally disconnected. He's not connected to any other people that can be with him, that can help him. He's got no network of friends to lean into. Church today, find some people to do a relationship with. Find some people at life at Elevation Church. We've got life groups. Now we don't have as many as I'd like us to have, but we have life groups. Find one. Join it start one get connected you don't know who you might meet there maybe you know maybe you'll do life with someone we can serve here at elevation as you serve you don't know you might meet someone a kindred spirit you might realize wow this person talk and you go deeper and you find relationship how about this one here maybe you don't even need the church to make your friendships for you maybe you can create your own relationships oh you're all very quiet on that one what make my own friends I need someone to do it for me no come on we can make our own friends right there's people in this room that you can make friendships out in your workplace someone that you might know that you can do life with don't be relationally disconnected have a vibrant relational network of people you know I got two good friends close friends who've been tremendously helpful to me in periods of my life where I felt flat that have been hard times they've helped me multiple times Proverbs 12 25 anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. A good friend who brings a good word can help your life, can change your day, the relational relationships we have, the networks we have. Continuing with Elijah's story, 1 Kings 19:11. God comes and meets him, and then he steps out of where he was, and it says it's then a great powerful wind tore. The mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. Elijah's trying to meet with God. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And then a voice said to him, the gentle whisper is God. Today, as I finish my message, I want us to hear a gentle whisper from God. And I'm going to ask the band uh, to lead us in a song. And as they sing that song, I want us to say, God, as I listen to these words, as I sing these words, I want to hear from you. I want you, God, to rewire my mind. And today, as we're singing these songs, if you need prayer for anything, I want to ask you to come forward. I'd love to pray for you. Maybe it's in this area that I've spoken about this morning. Maybe it's something else. I would love to pray for you. But if you would all stand, we're going to say, God, whisper to us. Speak to us. See, it's not the earthquake or the fire or that things that we need. We need the gentle whisper of God's Holy Spirit. Come on, let's, let's sing this morning.